Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Today's episode of the VanCast is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. It's the Bankcast you need at the time you need it. As we head into a weekend, Jay Pat along with Drancer. And it's been a little while here, Thomas, but uh, I see that the virtual Vancouver Canucks are, are back at it together in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Four straight victories over the Minnesota Wild. The hapless Minnesota Wild who score three goals in the series as Jacob Markstrom just crushing it. Um, yeah, no, big Canucks win four in a row. <laughs> They're now 15-1-1, Jeff, since the pause of play on Earth 2. And my mentions on Twitter are filled with Vancouverites looking to move there if they can. <laughs> well, of course, they've never, they've never seen anything like this at this time of year. So uh, I, count me in. I wouldn't mind uh, hitching a ride to, uh, uh, to this alternative uh, universe that uh, the Canucks are living in and playing in and, and winning in. And people can read about uh, the way the series went went down uh, you and Mike Russo had some fun with that the way that uh, you and Harm did with the Sedine Cup a couple of weeks back yeah and you know Dom unfortunately took the one line out but I said at one point after the first Canucks win I said no players were injured and Dom replied you're the only writer who's going to have to clarify that every game <laughs> which I appreciated um, I also like like when the Athletics sends you the email like the kit to help you put this together versus your counterpart right there's a whole bunch of rules and like I'm the Roger Nielsen of the simulated um, the athletic playoffs. Like all of the rules are things that I exploited in the City and Cup and that they've now <laughs> fixed to make sure that I can't, um, you know, be be such a bastard this time around. 
Come on. They're closing loopholes because of you? They're closing loopholes because of me. It's like I sent a defender out to to defend a shootout attempt. <laughs> uh, where where does it go from here? Do we know who the Canucks get in the next round? We will know shortly, but they will get the winner, of course, of Calgary and Vegas, and we'll see we'll see who they play. Uh, Going to be a tough one. I, I mean, look, I know, but I can't let I can't scoop my athletic colleagues. So until that is published, I can't, I can't reveal it. Uh, but suffice it to say, I, I'd be shocked if the Canucks sweep again. <laughs> Understandably. So, yeah, uh, I mean, and for people this was the real- only, this was the yeah. only series. Like what I can reveal is this is the only sweep in, in that the athletic projected. So Dom's model wasn't even bullish on the Canucks, but he's, you know, they've won 15 of 17 weighted coin flips now. And they're the only team that swept in the first round. I mean, this is the hottest team in Earth 2 hockey. It's crazy. Well, and it's making for good fun. And, and we'll continue to chart their progress as we go here. Uh, as we deal with reality, though, uh, terrific timing for this piece of yours to come out this week on a week in the life of a Vancouver Canuck. And I remember being there as you were sort of gathering and garnering the information uh, there were a few conversations and you ended up writing about JT Miller and sort of documenting what a week was like for him game days practice days off days uh, what he ate you know what he was watching on TV with the kids and and as it turned out it just happened to be the week that led to the halting of play in the way that uh, the world has uh, turned now so uh, timing sometimes is everything I know it wasn't ultimately the the piece that you wanted to write but in some ways it became more fascinating to sort of live through uh, those days down in Glendale when word came down that, no, that was it. Uh, season was halted and, and the Canucks were heading home. So uh, it's funny because, you know, in that Canuck locker room with you on a regular basis, like there were a few times I saw you sitting with JT and I would look over and I kind of had a sense of you know what you were trying to do. You would let me in a little bit, but I didn't really know the, the full scope and the breadth of it. And I saw you guys talking or heard you talking about pancakes. And I was like, what the hell are these guys doing talking about pancakes? But sure enough, uh, pancakes featured prominently in this uh, in this piece. Yeah, and you know the unfortunate or the fortunate or the unfortunate part of it. Like I think this piece is going to age well because of the fact that it's now like a historical artifact, right? It's it's sort of the perspective, the POV of a Canucks player, first person. I mean, not first person, but you know, essentially. Uh, what they were doing, what they were thinking every step of the way as, you know, North America, the world, shut down mass gatherings. And so I think there's, you know, five years, 10 years down the line, like I still think that this piece will have value. So I'm really proud to have been able to put it together. Unfortunately, though, because I had to pivot and sort of tell the story of a routine with dark forces outside of people's control sort of slowly creeping in until it becomes the main story toward the end, I lost some of the detail, some of the hockey-specific detail. So, you know, like one thing I lost, for example, was just the maniacal way that at a morning skate, JT Miller, and it's calculated, right? It, like this is a team that was on a three-game losing streak when I started and was on a four-game losing streak shortly thereafter, and by the end of it, it lost five of six, right? This was a team reeling, and Miller goes about sort of keeping it light by screwing with everybody the whole week. Like when I watched him like a hawk, the extent to which it was constant really stood out to me. So, you know, just to give you a couple of B-sides that I that I lost. 
there's a sequence where, you know, at the end of every practice, JT Miller f- switches his stick and goes down and takes one-timers with the D. He's the only forward who does it consistently, like every, every single day. Pedersen does it sometimes, Zach McEwen, Jake Furtanen sometimes, but Miller does it every day and screws with everybody the whole time. So there's this one sequence on the very first day where he's taking these bad angle one-timers and Manny Malhotra keeps sending him passes and JT Miller keeps rejecting them. Like he just keeps passing them back and he does it maybe <laughs> 10 times in a row, 12 times in a row, like to the point where Malhotra is like, like curses at him and it's just like, shoot it, shoot it. And he's like, send me a flat one then, right? Like just like not having it. And uh, and so I, I asked him about it afterwards and he's just like, he wouldn't give me a flat pass. So I kept passing it back there to try and get a flat one. Um, at, you know, and then he admits, the point is that I'm trying to piss him off. <laughs> and And then the other thing that I lost was JT Miller adjusting to life commuting over the Lionsgate Bridge and figuring out the merge system, right? And And he says... I'm not sure I do it right. Maybe that's why the commute doesn't take me very long. I don't mean to mess it up, but it's fine. If I cut someone off in the morning and they give me the finger, then whatever. It's not like I'll ever see them again. At least that's what he thinks until he cuts you off, Jeff. Um, And then I was going to say, as as a guy that's uh, been known to use the Lionsgate Bridge on occasion, a North Shore resident, (laughs) I I hope he better not be one of those guys that's using the bus lane or the the HOV lane. And and, and, and it's fine for him to say he's never going to see these guys again, but like that's a high risk proposition on his. Like he's a Vancouver Canuck. Like if he, you know, it's not like he can just go incognito, even if he's through a hat or sunglasses on. Like people in this market gonna know who the Vancouver Canucks are if he's a cheater on the Lionsgate Bridge like that's gonna get back to him in a hurry he's got to be careful (laughs) well I I asked him after he sort of told me that I said do you at least have out of province plates and he's like yeah yeah no I have Florida plates and I'm like all right then at least people will cut you some slack um and then the one of the one of the last ones that I really liked was in that Arizona game the first game that I sort of looked at there's that sequence where Jake Vertanen goes back the other way, sends a low shot on Darcy Kemper. It gets kicked out in the middle, deflects into the net off Tanner Pearson's skate, right? And and that gives the Canucks a short-lived 2-1 lead. And do you remember on the bench shortly there afterwards, it's caught the cameras catch Miller, arm around Vertanen sort of talking to him. And Miller's view of that exchange, without getting into too much detail... Jake made a great play on the goal, but there was a puck on the wall that maybe he should have had before that. I was just being constructive, but also telling him, hey, great play. That was a big play on that goal. I wanted him to know, though, that he'd get the same recognition for the little play in the D zone as he would for the big play on the goal. And again, I think that's just a sort of good encapsulation of the way that for, that JT Miller's sort of all-consuming competitiveness influences the people around him day to day, which was, again, what I was hoping to show when I set out to write the piece. Uh, I ended up having to lean out from really focusing and drilling down on that part of the story, but uh, a lot of fun to put together, and, and JT Miller was a great sport, which made it uh, fun to work on and and fun to put together. I, I'm really proud of the piece. Yeah, and, and so you should be, and, and again, it made for a great read, and certainly at this time, uh, you know, at this point in time, I think anybody will latch on to anything that, uh, you know, can sort of take them uh, back into hockey mode and that, you know, was able to transport us all right back into that final week uh, of the season. I will say this, and and I think I have said it, and we've probably discussed it on the pod at times, but uh, I do appreciate 
sort of the unvarnished quality of JT Miller. Like so many of these guys now are coached up in so many aspects of being a hockey player, being an NHLer, right? Like not just the skill level, but there are a lot of bland guys. And I know it's our job to try to pull some personality out. You don't have to do a lot of pulling with JT Miller. Like, you know, he's pretty much an open book. He's willing to tell you when things are going good, uh, when they're not going good. Uh, And I, I, you know, I didn't know the person. Like I, I, like many people had sat and watched him play on TV and have probably seen him in person a few times, but you know, I didn't know much of JT Miller, the person. And I've come to appreciate that after one year here in Vancouver, that there's just kind of an unvarnished quality that uh, a little bit rough around the edges. And you see that in his play. Like, I think the way he plays is sort of the way that he conducts business uh, in the locker room as well. Am I off base there? No, I don't think so. I think you're dead on. I think he's, he comes across to me anyway as a, you know, like a, there's, when he's in the mood, right, he is very straightforward. I think he's, he, you know what, he kind of reminds me a little bit of dealing day-to-day with Travis, you know, uh, just a little bit, right, in that I think he's very outspoken, uh, pretty honest, pretty relentless. Um, I, I think there's an element to which maybe that's an oddly good fit, <laughs> just because there's certain personality traits that that strike me as as relatively similar even though Travis's public communication is obviously much more varnished <laughs> and calculated for for obvious reasons but um I do think JT's you know a lot of fun to deal with I I like the way that he swears regularly I like the way that he talks even things like man he beat that southpaw goalie you know glove side high like that's a tough shot right and it's just like it's just awesome like the way that he talks about the game and seems to enjoy it um, you know, I, I think comes through in, in a really simplistic, uh, fun, accessible way. Um, and he and he is actually really good at communicating that sort of enjoyment of the game and, and the way that he marvels at some of what his teammates do and how he sort of processes what occurs on the ice. Um, you know, he was re- he was great to deal with on this piece, and, and he's been a lot of fun to cover because of, you know, exactly what you laid out, uh, just sort of the willingness to play ball, talk straight, uh, explain sort of, you know, how he sees it and, and the way he sees it just happens to be, you know, A, high end, because he's a very, very good player, but also B, um, straightforward in a really fun, very hockey kind of way. I also learned, and I mean, I, I had this inkling, like, I, and maybe it's from his years in Tampa, uh, but it doesn't seem he goes uh, very far or very long without a golf club in his hand. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's uh, he's got the he's got the green in his backyard, uh, chips and balls, and yeah, I mean, I I don't know if he's very good though. Like his teammates all seem to make fun of his swing, so um, you know, I I didn't quite mine his handicap like I have with Pedersen at different points of the season, but um, you know, he uh, he seems to be an enthusiast anyway. But like when they got to Glendale, you know, they, he and McEwen and some others went to the driving range. And then he told us when he did a Zoom call that the minute they found out that there was no morning skate on that Thursday and that right. play had basically been stopped, that, you know, they weren't going to sit around the hotel all day. What did they do? They head to the golf course. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Good for them. That's, sure, that's why not? just respectable. You're in Arizona. You got some time yeah, on your hands. Call. Why not? Uh, it was funny. I mentioned Zoom calls. Uh, the latest Canuck to take part was Tyler Myers, and I know you were on it uh, as well as I was. You know, there wasn't a lot of earth-shattering news to come out of it, but why in the world did it take him as long as it did 
to come up with answers for the question that every guy seems to get right now when they're on these Zoom chats about who you'd want to be quarantined with and, and who you wouldn't. Like, forget the Jeopardy theme. Like, they would have had to have been on a loop for, like, three minutes. He could not come up with answers to the quarantine question. I love it. I love it because he thought so hard about it and then had detailed explanations, right? Um, so, no, I mean, I, I love that. The only thing... The only thing that sort of caught me was the idea of him and Sutter being big treatment guys. I was like, man, I think out of context, fans would not like to hear that one. But the... Well, forget the fans. <laughs> the coaches and management probably don't want to hear them. Right. <laughs> but I mean, in, in Myers' case, I think it's more just, you know, the... Like, I don't know that he... I mean, he missed one game, right? But I, I'm... I'm sure it's just preparatory, right? Like it's, I'm a guy who spends a lot of time on the table. I, I don't know that there's any more to it than that or, or anything we should read into it um, that would concern anybody. I mean, some guys are like that and they're never hurt, you know, it just sort of is what it is. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I've had, a, I've had these exchanges with Myers a couple times where he likes to be really deliberate and thoughtful in how he's laying it out. Um, but it's really funny when he spends that amount of time being considerate about his answer when the answer is essentially, uh, or when the question is essentially just like a rote, you know, simple joke. And at this point, we're basically taking attendance. Like, who do you want to be? Cor- uh, is someone keeping score, J-Pat? <laughs> I'm not, but they should be. You're right. I mean, except right. that Jake is the answer for all of them, it seems. The, the guy that they, except, they don't want to be court. Except JT Miller. Oh, right. Who he picked didn't want Orba- Antoine. Who yeah. Picked, yeah, who picked Antoine. And Antoine, who picked JT. <laughs> well, outside of the... And you could sort of see the the smoke coming out of Meyer's ears as he was taking this time. Like, it really was deliberate to get to an answer. Uh, And as you said, eventually he said Brandon Sutter. But I I laughed a little bit at the outset of the call. Somebody asked him just about how he was killing time. And uh, I just thought, man, like, this is where we are in life. I mean, we all do it differently, and we all approach these days differently. But he was like, I get up, I go downstairs, you know, I built a gym, I work out, then my wife works out. And then our three-year-old wants to splash in the hot tub. And that's pretty much the day. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Like, there it's you amazing. Go. Tyler Myers in a nutshell these days. Workout, wife workout, splash in the hot tub. Apparently bedtime. So I Also, Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers, big Phoebe Waller-Bridge fan, picks <laughs> out Killing a- Eve as his... <laughs> yeah. as his uh, you know, it's like I almost recommended Fleabag to him. Like, I, I almost was going to say, like, oh, if you like that, you should check out Fleabag. <laughs> well, I, I'm envisioning him. Maybe get one of those, like, outdoor TVs. You could sit in the hot tub, you know, binge Ooh. on Netflix. And he's living in Kelowna. He said he had headed home to uh, his off-season home in Kelowna. And uh, that's where we caught up with him on the Zoom chat. Uh, you know, the Canucks seem to be playing it pretty safe. I know they gave us JT Miller... But uh, Pearson, Tanner Pearson, and Tyler Myers, you know, at some point, I'm wondering, like, will we get Jake Furtanen? Will we get Antoine Roussel? I know Roussel did the Q&A on Instagram with the team, but, you know, right now it seems that they're kind of serving up the guys that are fairly safe, that aren't terribly outspoken. They're not going to give you an awful lot. Myers sat in there and answered all the questions that were were thrown at him, but uh, there wasn't a ton of meat on that bone, I didn't think. Well, the other thing to keep in mind just this and this is just me putting myself in their shoes based on my former job right the guys i would be who would be last on my list for a weekly media availability zoom chat that i'm in control of if i were a pr guy would be anyone with any sort of doubt about their contract status 
right? So it sure. would be all guys signed long term for me anyway. Um, yep. So you know, I, I would suspect that we'll get all guys with term on their deal. Uh, no guys who are going to get grilled randomly, just like with the constant, you know, have, have extension talks started? What are you, you know, what, what, what conversations have you had with Jim, with Travis, with right on and on? Like, it'll be the guys that have some certainty about where they'll likely be. Um, at least that's how I do it. And that's what I'd expect the Canucks to do. So just go, go to cap geek, see who's or cap friendly, excuse me, see who's signed through 2021. And that'll be your list. I bet. Uh, except Louie. They're probably not going to offer up Louie. Oh, and I don't know that we need to find out what he's up to these days. There's probably not a, a whole lot there. Uh, i, I got to ask you, because you jumped on it. You were one of the first ones, and it's kind of taken on a life of its own. One of the most random drops on Twitter that I have seen in a long, long time from the official league account at NHL <laughs> yesterday. Right. A Bo Horvat power play goal. Miller to Sutter to Horvat. And then the caption said, what a line. And <laughs> as you would expect, Canuck fans, and I was just back at it uh, not that long ago, you know, rummaging through the responses. And it's worth your time to find it on the NHL account. It, like, Canuck fans jumped all over it. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like, I, I don't know where that would come from, the origins of it, uh, the fact that it's not a line at all. And we know that. Uh, but it was a power play. So, like, why somebody would even <laughs> suggest that that was a line to begin with. Uh, right and you know why a random no, Canuck goal against the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, but not only was is it not a line, like it's really not a line, right? Like it's <laughs> it's a never line, right? Like yeah, this team used something like seventeen forwards, right? Fifty one combinations of forward lines that played at least ten minutes together. Not a very high bar, right? That's like if you play a full season, like you can spend more than ten minutes as a trio just on partial changes you know what i'm saying like just because you've logged 10 minutes with two other forwards like that doesn't even mean you've ever been aligned uh, but i think if you went through your spreadsheet and, and i mean I, I went through the ice time like those guys are never on the ice together at five on five ever just never happens so um i mean i ha i was completely humorless about it i obviously went back to the numbers and tweeted the facts and uh, and look that's you know what thanks to the nhl right like i appreciate that they gave us something random to just get worked up about for no good reason. Like we need that. We need, you know, Canucks Twitter has, doesn't have anything to be upset about. There's nothing to, um, you know, nurse the collective sort of wound that Canucks fans have built up over 50 years of the franchise's history and, and potentially even before that. So, you know, anything that allows Canucks fans to feel ignored, whether it's the NHL, um, you know, sort of <laughs> allowing a play that, clearly lost in a in a fan poll to Quinn Hughes to advance or whether it's what a line a line that never is a line like literally never um good like good that's good stuff it helps Canucks Twitter keep sharp and I appreciate that now the Hughes vote that you reference in Forsberg with the lacrosse goal uh, was yeah. the explanation there that the Twitter voting was only a part of the poll that there was an Instagram component of it as well is that what I read um, I mean, look, it must have been. Or or it's just like, come on, guys. We all know the Forsberg goal is sicker. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Canucks fans. <laughs> At some point, your Twitter votes only go so far. But yeah, I mean, look, I have no idea. I haven't really followed it as a story. I just thought it was amusing. And I liked that the Canucks got into it and called them out for it themselves. That's good fun. 
Uh, maybe, I, I don't know, I thought I saw that in passing somewhere, that that was the explanation, because it was Got Hughes it. and a 50-point season, which is a pretty nebulous concept against one play. Like, you can pick any random Quinn Hughes you know, video or highlight, and there were lots of them to choose from, but the Forsberg goal itself was an entity, and that was what he was up against. Uh, anyways, I, I thought I saw that, yeah, the, the Twitter poll was only part of it, because Hughes ran away with it on Twitter, but ultimately uh, doesn't advance to the next round in the play of the year voting. And I, I have to say, like, this is what I appreciate about you, was when you saw the tweet that we talked about, it wasn't mm-hmm. like you weren't just going to laugh it off or scoff at it. Like, you did the deep dive to come up with the ice times <laughs> to prove that this wasn't a line at all. But I know. I it's I, I have serious OCD when it comes to, like, random <laughs> claims that don't matter. It's just, I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, to the spreadsheet. <laughs> like, um, you know, pull the one book out of my bookshelf. It becomes a pole that I can slide down to my cave that's just covered in Excel. Um, you know, that's how I operate, and it's it's good fun. Also, JPAT, by the way, um, I'll publish this tomorrow at The Athletic, but caught up with Nikolai Goldobin from his home in Moscow this morning had a had a brief chat with him um interesting really interesting to hear him talk about sort of the process of being essentially a free agent right so he you know he told me that the Canucks had you know told his agent about 10 days ago that they weren't going to resign him so he sort of had that understanding and rather than wait for you know, a qualifying offer deadline and on and on. He just wanted to have some certainty in an uncertain time and and decided to sign with uh, Moscow of the KHL, a a team that's, you know, pretty loaded. I mean, they get a lot of favorable calls in that league too, so (laughs) they tend to win a fair bit. But, um, you know, that'll be a really interesting landing spot for him. His dream's still to play in the NHL, and and he wants to come back uh, eventually. But he has spent a lot of time building Lego cars, he told me, um, which was, you know, of course, a detail right to my heart. Uh, I was very excited to hear that. Um, so big Q&A at the Athletic Vancouver tomorrow with uh, with Nikolai Goldobin on, on his decision on whether or not he got a fair shot in Vancouver um, and on what he's expecting from himself as he sort of takes a different path in trying to improve as a player and, and get another NHL shot down the line. All right, a little nugget there, uh, a gold nugget, I suppose, if you will. A gold nugget, work, yeah. Work with me. Um, all right, we look forward <laughs> to that. And and just ahead of Name That Canuck, and it's my turn to try to stump you, and we'll get to that in a sec, uh, but I saw Harm tweet out that I think up over 1,500 already respondents to the athletic survey about the Canucks. Yeah, I think, we, I think we've cleared 2K now, uh, so wow. that's good. We're hoping to get... We're hoping to get you know, five, like we're, we're, it's open for another eight days here and we'll keep sharing it and making sure that we whip up some votes. Uh, but you know, it's going to be really interesting to see the results. So I, I can't wait to dig into that data. I uh, just want to take a sec to let listeners know that Brett Hall, the man who named the We Went Blues podcast, joins Barrett Jackman and Jeremy Rutherford on We Went Blues this week at The Athletic. Don't know if he sings Gloria. I mean, that would be worth listening to just for that, but, uh, uh, Brett Hall is going to be a guest, usually outspoken and sometimes outlandish, so probably worth a listen <laughs> there uh, to the Golden Brett on the podcast. All right, it is that time. We're going to finish up with uh, everybody. It just it's taken the world by storm. It's uh, the, the hottest <laughs> game show going. Uh, name that Canuck. And for those that have been with us, they know that uh, you started 
with Jason King. I followed up with Brad Richardson. And then, uh, in one of my crowning moments uh, since yeah, the that was big. stopped. That was big, man. Got Garth Butcher with the first clue. So, a little bit of that heat wasn't on an easy. That was not an easy clue, either. No, and in hindsight, like I was thinking I had a couple of other guesses. So, I'm not sure what led me to Garth Butcher. But it was sort of like this... Um, I don't know, the, the cosmic world was... Moment of clarity? Well, <laughs> yeah. No, because I, I I saw a picture of Garth Butcher today on Twitter, and like I, I don't know why Garth Butcher was... He was just, We were talking about the St. Louis Blues. I think 1040 posted a picture. I think the picture was actually of Darren Pang, but it was Garth Butcher. And I was like, this is talking to me. It's speaking to me. I haven't seen <laughs> or heard of Garth Butcher in a while, and all of a sudden, uh, twice in one week. So there you go. Tremendous. Uh, are you ready? Uh, no, probably not, but let's go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Clue number one. Within the last 20 years, he was one of four players taken in the first round of his draft that eventually played for the Canucks. One went ahead of him, the other two behind him. Sorry, uh, you need to repeat that. That's fine. It's a fair bit of information in there. So this is in the last 20 years. One of okay. four players taken in his draft class... He was a first-rounder in his draft class that okay. eventually played for the Canucks, so not necessarily selected by them. Got it. One went ahead of him. The other two were taken behind him in that first round. Hmm. In the last 20 years, in the last 20 four years. players played for the Canucks in the first round, and they're all mm-hmm. taken in the first round. Yes. One went ahead of him, and two went behind him. Yes. Wow. That's a cool pull. I like this. Um... Let me think. So, first rounder. All in the first round. I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess Zach Cassie. No. Damn. No. So we move on to the second clue. He played for six teams during his NHL career. The Canucks were his third. And in order to play for his fourth team, he did a reverse drance. Reverse drance, okay. So, went to Florida. His fourth team was Florida. And he played for the Canucks. Canucks were his third team. Yep. And he was drafted in the first round. So it's not Mikhail Samuelson. Could it be Marco Sturm? No. Oof. No. Damn. All right. This is the free. You'll get this one. Okay. This player was the way the St. Louis Blues tried to get Bacchus at the Vancouver Canucks in July of 2008. Oh, Steve Bernier. There you go. Man, those were good. That was good. Two, great 2003 clues, though, man. draft. He was one of the, that class of 2003, that amazing draft. Unreal, Thomas, yeah. Thomas Vanek went ahead of him. Canucks took right. Ryan Kessler. And yep. Jeff Tambellini was part of that draft as well. Wow, wow. Nice. Nicely done. Uh, new Tampa Bay Lightning pro scout, Jeff Tambellini. Good right. for him. yes. Tremendous. Yeah. After a couple of good seasons uh, with the Trail Smoke Eaters in the BCHL, yeah. so just I'd assume we'll see him. I'd assume we'll see him here and there at Rogers Arena. Then, 
um, in addition to his dad, right? He was a regular um, pro scouting for the, oh my God, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. So yes. yeah, no, great. Good call. Um, those were good clues, man. I'm, I'm Marco Sturm. God, I got to do better than Marco Sturm. <laughs> <laughs> But Marco Sturm, I mean, he played for the sh- oh, he played for the Kings and the Caps before Vancouver and then Florida. So I was looking for someone who like finished their career in Florida. Um, right. So that's why yeah. Sturm came to mind. Uh, but he no, played Bernier for one went extra on to team. play New Jersey and the Islanders for New Jersey, fact, of course. I was surprised. Steve Bernier, Jersey was where he played the bulk of his. Or he played more games with New Jersey than any of the other teams that he played for. Yep, including that memorable moment in which he gave gifted yes. the Los Angeles Kings the Stanley Cup. Yes. Uh, all right, so there we go. You pick up a point in our ongoing battle here in in name that Canuck. Uh, let's Yikes. see what the weekend so, brings. We we keep saying that eventually some news will hit the cycle here, uh, and when it does, of course, we'll jump all over it. In the meantime, we continue to come up with clever and creative ways to uh, talk about this hockey club and the things that are going on around them and. Uh, each podcast will include a new version or a new round of, of Name That Canuck. Looking forward to it. I, I've got uh, next week, I'm going to have to make up some serious ground. So um, I'm coming I'm for you, notice. bud. Yeah, I'm on notice. <laughs> hey, make sure you rate and subscribe the Vancast on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com slash the Vancast, you'll get 40% off your subscription. For Drancer, it's JPAT. As always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your support of the Vancast. Have yourself a great weekend. We will catch up with a new VanCast early next week, but that's going to do it for us here at the VanCast, The Athletic, and TheAthletic.com.